Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We were talking about how the Warriors need to want it more. Not my words. Not my not, not my evaluation of the status quo. Their own. Draymond Green, just after their last game, was talking about how they need to have a will to play harder, especially defensively. You know, defense is all one to two steps extra. I'm going to take that extra step to get there or I'm not. And that's all will. And we don't have that as a team. You can have it as individuals. I can have that myself. No one can have that. But if you don't collectively have that, it's just like if you put a team together and it's like one guy can really get after it. Nobody else brings anything on that side of the ball. They don't even bring effort. You can put Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or anybody else out there on offense. If no one else is going to want to do the extra things, then it doesn't work. And so you have to do it collectively. And that is a huge responsibility that falls on my shoulders, and I haven't gotten us there. So he's right. He's right about an awful lot. Now, one of the things you hope to do at the trade deadline is add a person who can strengthen places where you're weak and one of the places the Warriors are at their weakest is in pick and roll defense Ray I'm not going to get too geeky here I'm not going to go too overboard in you know point per expected things or anything like that here but a guy named John Assad who's a hoops guy who I follow on Twitter says basically you know the Warriors defense is ranked 19th this year last year they were second second in the NBA so how do they get better? Can they get better everywhere all at once, everything everywhere all at once? No, that's that's really not out there for them. It's certainly not going to be there for them because Gary Payton II isn't going to be in the building anytime soon to help. And even the players that are available on the buyout market don't necessarily need. This has to be an in-house fix, Ray. Uh, John Assad writes their pick-and-roll defense is allowing 1.02 points per chance against on-ball screens, and that is the worst efficiency in the league this season. Last season, in the same scenario, they gave up just 0.91 points per chance on on-ball screens. That was the best efficiency in all the NBA. So, you can't fix everything. You don't have the equipment to fix everything. You don't have the bodies to fix everything. You don't have the talent to fix everything. And you may not have even the will, as Draymond said, to fix everything. Just fix that. Just fix the defense that you're playing on pick and rolls and on ball screens. And when we're talking about who needs to play those better, it's a really short list. It's Jordan Poole and it's Jonathan Kaminga. And Clay Thompson, if you're getting your legs back, it's you too. That's where the fix needs to start. 
I can't fix everything. Let's just start with one thing, one area in which to improve in the final 24 games. That's it. But if you fix that, you fix most of your other defensive problems. Aha! See, that's the thing. It's just, it, it is, un, you can't fix everything if you fix the thing that you're most glaring at on the defensive side. Offensively, it's more complicated. But defensively, if you're going to be better in pick and rolls, it's because you're engaged in being better in pick and rolls. If you're engaged in that, you're engaged in all of it. So, you know, it's, you could pick that out or you could pick out any number of things. You know, cut down on your fouls. It's the same thing. It's using your feet to get to the place that you're not getting to now. And that's a collective thing. And the only thing that I disagree with on Green's assessment is that it falls on him. No, it falls on all of them. He doesn't, he's not the only one who gets caught in a pick and roll. They all do. So they all have to be better. And if he's saying, my voice doesn't carry the way it used to, well, we know part of the reason why. We sure do. Look. Hopefully that is not lingering. Hopefully they're not playing pick and roll defense over a training camp punch officially now months ago. No, it's not it's not how they're playing it. It's how they view his his attempts to tell them things. Well it might be that the young guys have basically just shut him off. Even if you didn't like him, you know that if he's giving you some defensive advice, it's probably the one thing you can still trust him to have a good amount of. You know, here's the thing. You you might not like the messenger anymore, but you still got to respect the message. Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, in improving, hopefully getting better legs and a base of strength to operate from underneath him, Clay Thompson. And then Gary Payton II is literally the guy who can help fix this. How quickly can he get back to help you fix this? Uh, transition defense. We know it's a problem. Closing out on shooters. We know it's a problem. Letting guys get away with murder in the mid-range. It's been a problem. Can't fix all your problems. Don't have the talent to do it. Don't have maybe the will to do it. Just start with the pick and rolls. Play those harder and see where that gets you. Like I said, offensively, they're pretty darn good. Take three threes a night from Andrew Wiggins and go to the rim. I know that that doesn't fix every single offensive possession, but I think that that fixed threes of them. And then the butterfly effect of what might happen should Andrew Wiggins start going to the rim. These are good things. Good basketball begets good basketball in other areas. So just start in one place. Steve Kerr, again, he might not have liked an awful lot of that interview, but I think he liked wrapping up with this when we asked straight up again, Steve, do you have a champion in front of you? Do you really believe? I do. I do feel strongly about that. I really don't care about the Washington Bullets of 1978. I'm pretty sure that doesn't apply right now. So the only thing that we're worried about is you know getting ready for these last 24 games and trying to get guys healthy. And you know if we can put ourselves in a position where, where we are healthy, you know, with Steph and Gary coming back, I like what I'm seeing. I like what, what the way Clay's playing. I like the way Wiggs has played last few games. Dante's had a, an amazing second half of the season. So we got we got guys playing well. We just got to put it all together, and I really believe that we can do that. The sum is not the total of its individual parts right now. No, it's exactly the total of it. I mean, it's it should be more. I mean, the Warriors have always been a team that is better than the sum of its parts. 
Right now, they are, in fact, the sum of its parts, which is why you're 29 and 29. Pat in Foster City. Thanks for the call, Pat. What do you got? Yeah, thanks, thanks for taking the call. You got it. I, you know, I, I love listening to you guys. The only thing that gets frustrating is that you're right almost all the time, and I like to argue, so I get frustrated. But uh, I, regarding the Warriors, you know, you were talking about sort of the, the will to win, right? Yeah. And, you know, to me, you know, I, I think it's kind of like the will to win is a little bit like, uh, it's like Ben Gay. You only get so much to start the season. You can use it up in a week or two weeks or three months or however, but you only got so much. And I think when the Warriors were young, they didn't need the Ben Gay too much. Uh, so they had plenty left in the tank. But now they're a little older. There's an inclination to want to use it all up in two or three months. And I think they're trying to spread it out. So they have a little more. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of a way to look at it. I mean, the, the way that I sort of see it is the regular season for these established veterans is no longer a proving ground for them. The only thing that can possibly prove whether the Warriors had a good season or not is playoff performance. And they can't worry about a playoff performance until they're in the playoffs. So I think they're they're a little uninspired. I mean, uninspired seems to be the damn theme here, Ray. Uninspired to play defense, uninspired with their own record, an uninspiring record, uninspiring performances, an uninspiring collective. It feels like they're in a little bit of a malaise. Defense, though, is a team-wide concept. And I don't think it's that they're uninspired as much as it is. They don't have as many good defenders as they used to have. There are guys who are still elite defenders on that team. But there are also guys who are not very good. And in the past, the Warriors didn't have to play those guys because they had enough guys who would defend and those minutes went to them. They don't have that anymore. And they certainly don't have it in the same level of abundance. And as long as that's the case, then they're going to look uninspired. I don't think it's that they don't understand what needs to be done. It's that not enough of their guys do it all the time. And defense is an all-the-time thing. I mean, they you know, they get they gave up 106 last year per game. This year it's 118. It's kind of a big difference. It's a it's a massive difference. It's the reason why they're it's more than a normal inflation uptick. It's the reason why they are 16 games behind their record of a year ago at this time. It's and they, and you can point to. You know, pick and roll defense, you can point to transition defense. It's all the same thing. If you're engaged in one, you become engaged in all of it. Unless you're so terrible at the one you're engaged in that you're just a terrible defensive team. And I don't think anybody's willing or ready to go there. Because I don't think they're a terrible defensive team when they want to play defense collectively. When they want to. When they want to. If the whole problem here is is they collectively don't want to until they deem the season as, all right, this is the part that matters. And I don't know if they've reached that part in the year. Again, they have used to have a, the opportunity or the luxury, I guess we should call it, to pick and choose when they wanted to do it. That luxury is no longer theirs. No, I think they, I think they didn't have the luxury to pick and choose because it was a matter of pride for them. It's not a matter of pride for everybody on the roster. Some guys, I believe, play defense just because you have to do that to be able to get the ball back. That they think offense first, and if they lay off on a defensive possession, eh, 
we'll be getting the ball back. That's 70% of Planet Basketball, though. Let's be Yeah, honest. but not this part of Planet Basketball. That's the whole point. The Warriors, for all their offensive acumen, built this thing based on the fact that they were willing to be an excellent defensive team, too. You put those things together, you end up winning 67 games, then 73 games, then 67 games. You end up having a, a postseason where you go 16-1. and one. That's the difference. I mean, they're still scoring fine. But defensively, they're way too hit and miss as a group. And it's because some guys aren't locked into that night in and night out. And until that changes, I think they are going to be an inconsistent defensive team. 888-957-9570. Joe in Walnut Creek. You're on 95.7 The Game, Joe. Hi. Thanks for taking the call. I uh, I think that the trade has the potential to be one of the worst trades in NBA history. The Warriors have multiple problems, two of which were size and an aging team. They managed to take a young seven-footer and trade him for an older player so in one full scoop they got older and shorter and i can only attribute this to front office chaos well whoa, 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 whoa. wait 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 joe joe i i appreciate it but you know here's the thing you could say that they got shorter but you can't really go you, you can't get shorter than zero inches James Wiseman was essentially zero inches of basketball player for them every night because he was unplayable. In their system, as they seed it, as they as they seed it, as they saw it, <laughs> saw it, as they saw it at all, uh, they determined he was no longer capable of stepping on the court in their uniform for them. They deem Gary Payton II capable of doing that. Unfortunately, medically, he is incapable of doing that right now, which is the sting of all this. But you're right. Look, there's no way to pretend that this went right, that this was smooth, that this was what they wanted. It's not. It's not. But it is the situation. And the element of cutting some money from a bottom line absolutely was a part of it and I don't think you can even begrudge them that really um, you know if it turns into well Bob Myers didn't come back and that was over money then then we might have a something about money situation to talk about I don't think this is the starting point of that I really don't I also don't think they're a chaotic front office I don't think no chaos they is might not be the right at way. some point if Myers walks right you might have a chaotic front office. That's certainly possible. Well, because it's over as, next is the question. Well, that's the first question. And what kind of general manager would he be? I mean, you know, the Warriors' culture is not impervious to outside pressures that become inside pressures. The fact is, the Warriors took a gamble on a guy who fit what they needed physically, but not in the ways that they hoped he would. They thought he was more malleable than he was. And because he wasn't, they had a choice to make, and Frank, the clock was ticking. It just, if you keep him, you know, that's that's a nine-figure, that's a nine-figure decision, and if you can't figure out a way to play him now, are you going to figure out a way to play him next year? I, I don't really know if it's fair to criticize the actual drafting of James Wiseman, but it is, I think, fair to then talk about and criticize 
the development or lack thereof of James Wiseman, but not laying it all on the mantle of the Warriors because I also think that this is a James Wiseman problem. No, it's 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 all connected. It's never yeah, it's never one or the other. I mean, it just they. I don't think there was anything in it for them not to play him out of spite. I think they didn't play him because they needed their center to do different things than Wiseman could do at this point. And it didn't help that he missed more games than he played. And it didn't help that, you know, that the the one year he got a bunch of run was on a bad team where if there were bad habits to learn, that would be the team to learn them on. Um, but at some point, you have to make a decision about can we go forward with this guy, given the fact that we're living in the right now, which is, can we win again? And if he can't help you, then there's almost no point in having him. And I think that's that was the choice they made, given the fact that the exigent circumstances of the tax bill was, was laying on them. I mean, this is not a team that is going to spend through the eyes on every player they want ever again they they've they've handed out they've handed out tax money year after year and it's pretty clear that Joe Lake have said enough's enough because letting Gary Payton go was a tax decision in part so this is part of the this is part of their new reality is that yeah you spent for Kevin Durant yeah you spent for Andrew Wiggins but now you have decisions to make that have money if not at the heart of it, but damn close to it. 888-957-9570. Cade in San Francisco. Hello, Cade. Hello, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. You got it. One of the one of the things that I would like to point out is the perimeter difference in particular, because the number of times we have given them four-point plays in every last game has cost us. So perimeter defense is is one of the biggest things that we need to show up on. Uh, all the other teams are also increasing their three-point strength, which means we have to make our perimeter strength even more better. And and I think if we do that, we'll keep other teams between 114 and 117, which is what we like to keep them defensively for us to win the game. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Again, this is another reason why I think they looked at James Wiseman and said, don't need it. Because he could not pop out and defend that perimeter. It wasn't what he He was not good playing in space. He wasn't even necessarily good playing down low. Gary Payton is a guy that they absolutely believe can help defend them, help them defend the perimeter. That's kind of what he does, even though he's a little short for, a, you know, a, a, a typical 3 and D guy. Yeah, well, they didn't want Wiseman to play on the perimeter. That well, was the point. They, well, they wanted, wanted him to they, play they, defensively, I'm talking They about. wanted to be able to switch everything. Yeah, they wanted to be able to switch everything, but if you remember, all their other big guys, Bogut, McGee most notably, they didn't, they didn't stray far from the basket. They wanted them to be there for rebounds and shot changing. It wasn't about being out at 18 feet switching, you know, on a on a three and three and D guy. They they wanted them down low so that if they got if there was penetration, they could deter. Well, that was certain players, though, because when you got Draymond at the five, when you got Looney at the five, you will see them on yeah, switches. But you on won't the see perimeter. the seven foot guy. You won't see the relatively immobile seven foot guy doing that. That's well, what I think. That's, that's what, what pissed Wiseman, off about Wiseman because he was supposed yeah. to be more than relatively immobile. Yeah, but 
they but his principal job for them was going to be to play as Bogut did, as McGee did, as the guy who stays down low and says, I'm not going to let you drive the lane without having to pay a price for it. Either you change your shot or you get fouled or you get bumped off the ball or you're forced to pass it. And so it really wasn't about his perimeter game that they couldn't get him to to locate on. It was the fact that in the in the area that they needed him the most, he couldn't guarantee. Well, they couldn't. I mean, they, yeah. I mean, he couldn't. They they couldn't run a you know a three two zone defense with the guy and just have what you'd think like Draymond on one block and Wiseman on the other. Like that'd be pretty good. Like one guy's the free safety, the other's the strong safety, and the two of them are a really good backline defense and kind of complementary. Nope, didn't happen. Yeah, and because because Green doesn't always stay down low, but you know ventures out to be the perimeter defender, they needed somebody who they could rely on to be down low, doing the things that Bogut did, that McGee did, you know, that their biggest guys did, and that's where the disconnect I believe was. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 